Alright, run it. episode two of nine of the awkward minority podcast and this is actually a because black book club takeover and i am michelle one half of your dynamic duo of this podcast aka mishi and i have with me today latoya hey y'all the other half how are you i'm good good on this sunday afternoon yes on this lovely sunday afternoon it's kind of a little bit getting into the, the dust, but that's cool because it's Halloween. So thank you guys for like sticking with us. Thank I know we, you, thank you. We run a little on CP time, but you know, better better late than never. So uh, we just been been living. How you been doing, Toya? How we you like to doing? surprise y'all with the surprise episodes. There you go, exactly. Giving our um, giving the lovely lady to dive in. Jesus shows worth a well deserved break. So we thought we'd come through right quick and and drop this little episode for you guys. So. Um, I know we originally said, look, we are, we are allowed to change our minds. Um, I know we were supposed to do Queenie for the book club this month, but me and Toya have been talking, correct? We have been, and we want to switch things up a little bit. Yeah, so we, um, want to, we understand that, you know, when it comes to the art of storytelling, especially black storytelling and the narrative um, and the pictures that are painted, it goes so much further than just books. So we wanted to kind of like delve a little bit into maybe some of those different mediums. So over the next few episodes, don't worry, we'll still get back to the books. So just, you know, make sure you check Mark Queenie for November, right? Right. So November, so don't forget. <laughs> but we kind of wanted to just do a little bit of delving into some different mediums of of storytelling and in particular, you know, the black experience and since it's halloween which personally is my favorite holiday i don't know about you what's your favorite holiday so i don't think i have one you don't i, I like um i like fall there, there you go the <laughs> but, season I mean, it's okay i love the seasons i don't <laughs> i don't necessarily have a favorite holiday i need to explore I, I need to explore that a little bit and find out like why i don't have one probably because of you know calling out the roots but we don't want to discuss that right now um but yes <laughs> i love halloween the one that is completely made up so much like all of them but i am a huge fan of horror movies the horror genre like a thriller sci-fi all of that stuff so we just thought it would be appropriate for the month of october to kind of delve into that so we are actually going to discuss a documentary um, this documentary is called Horror Noir. And it's still black, y'all, so don't worry. We're still yes. keeping it on topic. Yes. <laughs> this is a um, documentary that just talks about, you know, the black influence on the horror genre in, you know, cinema and film. And if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend checking it out. It is on Amazon. So um, there you go. So, yeah, if you want to check out your Prime Amazon videos, it's definitely on there. Um, and so first, I, well, I'll say this, I'd already seen it, so I kind of recommended it, and I was like, I think this would be a good one to discuss, so just asking Toya, like, how did you just initially feel about the documentary, and, you know, do you feel it's a good watch, you know, do you feel like it's a good way to learn about I, history? Honestly, I feel like if, if you are black and you're, you consider yourself an African American, this is something <laughs> that 
you should watch. You don't necessarily have to be a fan of horror films or you don't have to be someone that that loves to watch it. It's just, it, it kind of dives into the parallel between blacks and horror movies. And I just, it opened my eyes to a lot. I didn't even, I didn't even know the correlation until today. I was today <laughs> years old. And like, like, you know, they say on social media, but I, I loved it. It was very informative and I learned a lot. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I know when I, I first watched it, um, I learned a lot and I took away a lot from it. And, and you know, I enjoy kind of just listening to some of these like creators and, and the directors, writing actors and how they talk about their experiences and, and you know, creating. Because, I mean, really and truly, when it comes to like just the black experience and presence in horror, it's still something that's not very prevalent as it should be it's getting better but you know it, it's not you know nearly as much as i think i would like to see and as far as representation right representation so uh we've come a long way but i think there's a lot more ground to cover and that but, is so sad that we have to still say that right and it's what 20, a change gonna come though that's what they say <laughs> one day one day i know i know who saw um, that sample that sample yeah, yeah look at us <laughs> <laughs> we showing our age let's stop <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I was saying cool. But yeah, so we're gonna um just touch on some things that stood out to us in the documentary, maybe like Um, let's get let's you know, get started and hopefully um you guys will learn a little something too. Um so yeah, let's go ahead and get started and let's see what um we wanna talk about first. So I, I guess, think we should start at the beginning. Yeah. It, it kind of talked about um it, it started with the was it the 1920s and 30s yeah just kind of giving us a a history of you know just maybe the first images of quote-unquote blacks on screen and our you know how we were depicted so um and uh in the documentary I, they were saying that one of the first films to actually show um black depiction was the birth of a nation and I thought the the interesting thing about that was that movie still didn't have any black actors. It was blackface. Mm -hmm. All blackface and just the rhetoric of, you know, the movie and the way it depicted black men in particular as, you know, these horrible criminals, savages, um, raping and pillaging. Right. That's where you get the first depiction of the black man lusting over the white woman and, you know, them coming in as what the, the Ku Klux Klan, right, as know. the saviors of the day. So just the the way that we were depicted always, like you said, it's blackface. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't even one of us. And I thought one of the most, the one of the most interesting things about that movie was that was one of the first films screened at the White House for, at that time, President uh, Woodrow Wilson. Right, so it just tells you just how how normal how normal it was for them, like their their view of us and how that translated on into print into media, and they just it was okay. They're really instilling a fear in in the Caucasian society, right? And just how you know, in the sense, like I said, it was like a a horror film to them, just starring us as the main characters of their nightmares. So. Definitely in those those early days, like in the twenties and thirties and and forties, but um, I thought it was interesting how they did talk about you know you had 
directors, like the black directors that were coming up and trying to change the narrative because, you know, a lot of it up until that point for us, the representation was like the servant. It the, was the servant, the buffoon, you know, right. the, the, um, the step and fetch it, the... The comic relief, basically. The Mr. Bojangles. Right. Or an African. Right. Or African, like the, I guess you said, uh, the Bushman. Like, we literally out here about to die, and I you, you're you <laughs> using me for comic relief. This is not the time, my nigga. We gotta go. We have to go. So, yeah, like, um, you know, just all those stereotypical uh, images and that then you in see. The, in the 40s, it was... It, it, it kind of shifted from, I guess, you know, the, the, the whites wanted to to kind of move away from the service and the buffoons. And so in the 40s, they went more with the the creatures of the Black Lagoon and the aliens and the, the right. King Kongs. And so, you know, they, they moved away from using black people to aliens and creatures, Pretty which kind of resembled who? Black people. Black people. All those images of just the, the big lips and the dark skin. And that was something interesting they pointed out about the creature of the black. Was I, of course, I've watched the classic, but I never thought about that until they brought that up. And I was like, yeah, it does. With the big lips and the dark skin and, and everything that you would fear. And, of course, we've always heard and heard that about, you know, King Kong with the idea of him lusting after the white woman is, you know, but in the sense Not only that, man. us being eight people, you know. Exactly, exactly. In the, in the earlier years, it was, we didn't, we kind of skipped over that, but it was, um, what was it? it was it the, Ngagi? Yeah, so like, um, what they called like the first, the like, first one was Ngagi. Yeah. The second was the son of Ngagi. Right, so like the first, quote unquote, black horror film where they it was called Ngagi and it was very very stereotypical like just all of the images that you've seen but then there was a sequel that was done that was called The Sun Ngagi and that was kind of like where it started to shift that was in the that was a black, 1940s. that was a black director actually right. the the Ngagi was about Africans um mating with gorillas and right creating these creatures sounds about white yeah okay, go ahead Eight, eight people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so a black director was like, nah, we're we not even about to let this fly be. Right. So he created Son of Ngagi, which which starred a black a black science a female scientist. Mm-hmm. And she she had this this um this eight this eight man in her in her basement. And so she came up with a, a scientific formula that I guess kind of normalized him and make him a regular human being, I guess. Almost right. like a Edward Scissorhands almost. Right. Um, and it was just, and it was interesting, I think, with this one they talked about in particular, this movie, how it was one of the first movies, especially with horror, where it was a black lead, a black mm-hmm. woman lead. She was smart, educated, and it showed like a different level of class of black people on screen. So now we're not the servants and the maids and the comic relief and the buffoons. We're actually smart. We're in the STEMS program. Right. We're in STEMS. We're in STEMS, bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, we're we doing things. We're doing things. So that was that was definitely something to, to um, you know, different, different looks. I think it was uh, Spencer Spencer Williams. Let me make sure. Yeah, yeah, Spencer Williams. Um, in the 1940s. So, yeah, just, you know, that was different from the norm. But even still, you had those type of depictions. Unfortunately, the norm still stayed, like you said, just the simpleton, the, the comic relief, the primitive, the servants. 
those people. So that continued through oh, like through the, the 1940s and the 50s. 50s but yeah. then in the 1960s, what came? So with the 1960s, that's that was when the night of living dead. You had yes. Yeah. So I yeah. So I don't want to talk about this right quick because. I'm a huge fan of that original Night of the Day in 1960. I know you, ne- you said you've never seen it. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend you go back and watch that. Look at the original black and white. And it's the thing about the Night of the Living Dead, the original one, it's not so much, it's, it's scary, but it's scary in a very like real, real world sense. sense. Like you get the way that it's shot, it's just very like gloomy. It's like, rainy it's like almost like the you can feel how it's done but of course one of the things that stands out about night of the living dead is the hero uh which is portrayed by act uh actor Dwayne jones if you've never seen a night of the living dead we we make it almost we make it almost, almost. But it had nothing to do with the zombies right i mean he he was a hero in the movie he kind of Saved the day up until the very end. He took charge. He was badass. He was telling folks, you know, what to do, how to do it. We're going to do this. We're going to post up in this house. We're going to make it through this night. If y'all want to do what you want to do, cool. But if you want to live, you come over here. You're going to stick with me. (laughs) And that's basically what But then when the cavalry showed up, it was like, what the fuck? Right. So... Just to, okay, look, it's 1968. If you ain't seen it by now, then you know what it is, what it is. But basically, spoiler they basically, it's a zombie apocalypse that happens. Um, these group of people come and they converge in this con- this farmhouse. And the mission basically is to stay alive through the night. And for the most part, they do not. Well, one of them does, which is the black man. He is the HNIC in charge the entire night. He gets shit done. He makes it. But when they come in the morning to, about this point, everybody knows the zombie apocalypse happened. He comes, he comes out. He's like, oh, finally, someone's come. It's daybreak. It's daybreak. You all can see me. Soon as he comes out, they cap him square in the dome. And it just kind of ends. And that's why I don't want to see the damn movie because I'm mad. But I'm no, mad. You got to. This is what the fact that how we got there kind of suck. You know, the ending does suck because I remember watching and just being like, <gasps> and I think it just kind of ends. So it's like it leaves you with this <gasps> moment. They shoot the man and say, you know, I ain't going to tell you. I'm going to let y'all Credits. But like just, you know, the way that it kind of spoke and even watching it back then, I can remember thinking, damn. Even though this man literally was the hero the entire movie, at the end, he was really just another nigga. Just another nigga. He was that perceived him as a monster and shot him. Didn't even know. look at the fact that if there was any sense of humanity, like, left to him. So... He was obviously the villain, so he right. had to go. So, yeah, so that's if you haven't watched that Sprinkle one. a little crack on him. <laughs> well, like well, right. <laughs> Oh, but if yeah, if you haven't seen that one, I would definitely recommend checking that one. I it, it's just a good a good classic horror, um, especially if you're like a fan of like the zombie genre and stuff like that. But so like you know, we kind of get to that point, and we're seeing a little things here and there. But then we jump into um, the seventies. But you had something that you want to go back to? Yeah, I, I wanted to add to the sixties with the Black Rebellion and almost like Django. The Django energy or mm-hmm. Django energy coming out with the night night of the living dead mm-hmm. was the same. The sixties was the era when we lost Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and Kennedy, right? Mm-hmm. So did did they die prior to that movie or 
after. That was 68. Eight. So I believe so. Yeah, Y'all because, don't know. We Mark, Google it. We'll MLK Google it. died after because they were saying after they made the movie, the director was driving somewhere to take the movie and he heard on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um I believe in the movie that's uh, that it went in the very beginning they're riding through and I think that comes on the radio or something of that magnitude comes on the radio. Okay, so it was prior to it. Um so we're, but we're going to look it up cuz we do have the googler. Um and so we're going to find out. So that was 68. Yeah, so he yeah, it came out the same year. Okay. Um so yeah, it probably did happen like right before. Um but yeah, you're right. There's a lot of assassinations, a lot of um changes going on. And so we kind of get to the end of the 60s and then we jump into the 70s of horror where we now see a lot of pimps, gangsters, hoes Jive on the turkeys and <laughs> Shut your mouth. Right. So yeah, so we come into the 70s and we got these, the black exploitation, of course, and it also transitioned into horror. Um, and it kind of ushered in like a new... A new persona of black people on screen, like, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, in the 40s, kind of having a taste of that in um, the previous movie, and now... But this was different. Yeah, we're definitely... It, it definitely is different, but it, not in a good way. It was it was different, I guess, for, for the actors and the black people at that time. They were happy to be getting screen time, and they, right. were, they were happy to just be recognized, and, and finally, we have movies for us, by us. And we have arrived. We've arrived, but then it's still that stereotypical, same bullshit, you know. This is how, if we're in a movie, this is how we're going to be betrayed. Right. Um, And it still was an image that was controlled by a white friend in Hollywood. Um, They still controlled a lot of that narrative of how we were portrayed, how we were seen. So, like we said, like the gangsters and the pimps and the hoes. And so, like I said, that spread into... The horror. So I don't know. There's a there's a local TV channel here. I don't know if you got an antenna on your TV. I do. Okay. So what are the channels here? Is like a local channel. It's like a lot of like sci-fi horror. That's all they do. Okay. So I can I actually remember one day flipping channels and seeing one of the movies they talked about in document JD's Revenge. I don't know if they talked about it, but they kind of show some screenshots from it. JD's Revenge. Y'all, that is the most. <laughs> it is like everything bad about. A black exploitation film and put it in a horror. I I have to see that one. Yes, and I have to see gay niggas in space. Okay, yeah, I think I saw that. That's the Swedish. Yeah, no comment on that. That no no comment. No no comment. On that. Don't look that up. Sidebar. <laughs> but the um, but yeah, like JD's Revenge is like literally. I think it's um. Oh y'all, don't get me the wrong. We're gonna look it up too. But I think it's Glenn Turner. Okay. Is the guy, and basically, he dies and comes back to get revenge. Therefore, JD's revenge. I have to. I definitely is, need to look that one up. Yes, it is. It is. It's. As a matter of fact, I can't remember. I think it was a meme or something that centered around it, not a while back or like a gif or something. I'm. We're gonna. I'm gonna find it so she can see exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, you had those movies like JD's Revenge, and then you had, of course, what we think about. Probably one of the most famous ones is Dracula. Yep, Blackula. 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 Um, so yeah, like just in the idea of just, but now just kind of having the idea of just having a black lead on screen in a horror that was a big 
That was a big deal. That was a big deal. And then he wanted to have more of a voice in the, the movies. Right. He didn't. Was it him that wanted to be the director? Yeah. And I think as they went on to do some of the the sequels, it was like, nah, nigga, stay in your lane. <laughs> but yeah, like just like the idea of having a a black vampire on screen who is suave who is kind of like mysterious he's not that stereotypical coon buffoon i think in the documentary they talked uh, one of the actors talked about like up until that point like the um traditional vampire was like twilight-esque very uh you know it's i know real quick i never understood like where the logic came from in Twilight to where vampires twinkle in the sunlight? Is that what it is? Yeah, I, I don't know. It I twinkled? guess it's because they um they, their skin is almost like um I guess because they're not supposed to be out during the day. Translucent. So, so they're translucent. <laughs> they're clear they're translucent. during the daytime. I don't know, but I always just thought I was so damn stupid. Anyway, um You don't like that they shine? No. Those movies are dumb. <laughs> And, and, but but yeah, like just you know the idea of you know having like I said the black representation of the vampire, and I think um, just the idea of seeing black culture in a different light. We, like I said, we talked about like the street. You know, it was a little more, but it's still a little more, I guess, sophisticated, a little bit more, not as down in the such stereotypes of just right. maids and servants. So. Um, I guess, in a sense, maybe what we were looking at also, too, from the 70s and that black exploitation period was just kind of like some of the things we still see mimic mm-hmm. today. So it kind of started. And y'all, now. I've never seen Blackula, so I, that's why I don't have much to say about it. She, she's such seen... an excellent commentary on this one. I've seen the first one. The very, like, the very first one. It is, I mean, it's, it was shot in the 70s. I mean, I can't really say much for quality of wardrobe and makeup and you know but I guess for back then it was it was fly as fuck I don't know and I think for me because I was born in the 80s if, if it wasn't mm-hmm. 82 and after I have no desire really seeing anything that was but I think now I do I I feel like it's necessary that I go back and see you know how we were um, portrayed during that time I, th- I think I need to see that. Yeah, I do think um, that it's actually kind of interesting. I think we mentioned that when we were um, watching. I was like, some of the stuff I want to go back and rewatch because even some of it I may have seen, you know, just kind of watching it under a different scope or a different lens. I think it'd be definitely something to pick up from that I probably didn't pick up from before. So, so yeah, so we're in the 70s and we're, you know, we're ushering in these different images and this new thing. So Let's talk about these studios. Yes. So during this during this time, and um, we are we're ushering in a new a new type of uh, black black portrayal in in movies on screen. There were certain um, movie production studios, or I guess companies that would see an opportunity to to make and try to capitalize off of um, black black exploitation and get in front of the ball produce low-budget movies mm-hmm. and put them in black neighborhoods right so you know it, they would pretty much put a low a low budget or a low dollar on the movie and say hey it, it, look at what we're producing at least right. we're putting this out 
they can't say we're not making this type of movie. Take what you, take what we give you, basically. We threw you a little bit of coins. Take what we give you. It's better than nothing. It's basically... But we're still profiting off of it regardless. Right. But you just put the bare minimum in and you work with it. And that's what they did. And like I said, it was still a profit for them. So they didn't care. You know, they didn't care about the image that they were portraying or the... You know, the message they were sending, they just knew what they perceived that people wanted to see, much like we see now. And they ran with it and just did the bare, you know, still only investing the bare minimum as they do now. And that's so sad because I'm, I'm sure Pam Guerra had to do it a different way. Right. Or maybe, um, what what, what was um, Shaft's name? Richard Brown? Yeah. If they had to do it a different way, maybe if they were in this era, you know, they, they would have more of a stance right. or a choice. But I, I think during that time, they wanted to be seen. Yeah, and you actually, you brought up Pram Greer, and that was something else that really kind of became a little more prevalent in the 70s was the presence of black women in um, horror, especially taking on more leading roles, kind of having more roles that were more fleshed out. Um and like I said, you mentioned Pam Greer, and also with the prominence, I guess, of black women in horror and coming to the screen, you had the good and the bad. And one of the movies they talked about, but I've never personally seen, which was, was the, a, the Addy movie. Yes. <laughs> so basically, from what we gathered, and we're gonna go back and check this one out. Um, Abby basically is a horror film, so black with a black lead, but so basically she is a. What we got from She's a, 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 a pastor's wife or a church wife who got basically, um, excuse me, got basically possessed by a sex demon. It was, uh, uh, Speed, uh, Carol Speed, excuse me, was the actress who played in this one. And we both like, we're kind of looking like, so of all the demons that were available that day, the sex demon was the one that jumped up and said, I am going to be the one to take this possession. So, but it kind of played to a bigger thing about, you know, just black women and, and the... The angry black woman, you know. Yes. And, and so her being sexualized. Right. Know. Yeah, just kind of like, you know, the, the black woman and, and sexualization and, you know, kind of being the that aggressive type of um, character. Just, so, yeah, but yeah, the, sex, the, the sex demon of all... The whole movie... What do you do when they come to you with the script and say, okay, girl, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to have you possessed by the sex demon. And we need you to really, we got to watch that. Yeah, we do. We'll, hey, we'll come back to y'all on that. <laughs> right. But yeah, there were, you know, just the emergence of that. So, I mean, like you said, you kind of took, I guess, in a sense, like you talked about earlier, the opportunities. That putting those faces on screen and just getting that, the actors getting those opportunities. Um, and in a sense, kind of being able to represent in that way. But we're growing. We're getting there. We're, we're getting there. We're still kind of... Far and few in between. Um, we inching. We're inching. We're inching towards. We're inching towards a, a better promise in these movies. So because now, not just horror. I mean, we we see we're seeing a lot more actresses, black actors and actresses in movies that have more of a positive portrayal of who we are as people. Right. But moving past the seventies, you got anything else to add to the seventies? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. I think we kind of are into the point now where we're kind of evolving into the 80s. The 80s? Um, where we died. Where we died. Like, I, I feel like the 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s was the the black people always die first 
Error. Oh yeah, definitely. Like we got, we either die first or we're not gonna make it past thirty first thirty minutes. Fifteen. We're, yeah, credits. Yeah, credits. The opening, opening credits. Opening sequence. The opening sequence. No, we we, <laughs> we we didn't even make it past that. Yeah, the eighties was known as yeah. How soon is it before you die? Like we're literally counting down, but. And but you can't say a black person wasn't in it. Yeah, true. I guess that was the thing. You could <laughs> that say that we're thing. in it. That was their thing. Yeah, you can't say a black person wasn't in it. And unfortunately, though, usually the black person that was in it was the sacrificial lamb. Right, the sacrificial lamb of the movie. So coming to save the the flock, the sheep, uh, the lily white lambs from Destiny <laughs> Doom and Jason and Freddie getting sliced up and diced up. You know, whatever you have to do to save your precious, you know, your precious sheep, you do what you have to do. Kill me first. Right. Kill me first. Jack me up. Gut me. Slit me. However you got to do it. I'm going to throw myself out there. And no, 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 because you all, you, you know, so see, I guess that's the thing. Like, even with us, like, I know for the most part, we're not going to be in that scenario. We're not going to be at Crystal Lake. We're not going on Elm Street. And that's why you don't see a lot of horror films with an all-black cast because it wouldn't last for 60 minutes. Right. Like It would be a short film. 60 seconds. Chris, <laughs> no, mm -mm, it's too dark. The end. Turn the van back around. We're we not credits. going there. Right. Roll credits. We are going to McDonald's. I don't even know what to tell y'all. Yeah, like, no, we mm -mm, never put myself in this situation. What if I'm getting, what if I'm having to be adventurous? We might can go during the day. We can stay in the car. There we go. Okay. We'll watch from the when van. we start hearing twigs breaking in the woods, we're going you, back to the car. Do you ever go camping as a kid? Like, I was in Girl Scouts. So I we did. went. Yeah, we went. Well, I was in Girl Scouts, and we used to go. And it used to be like, I think it's like, it used to be like, you know, there used to be like a um, camp. And like oh, like a lake at Congaree okay. or something. So we would go there and we would um, camp out and it was like a lake. And it would be like, oh, this is Crystal Lake. I'd be like, oh, you motherfuckers are shitting me. It's time to go. <laughs> like, yeah, like, no, I don't play, play I don't play them games. Because, <laughs> mm -mm, mm -mm. I, I mean, like, I know people say, well, it's just a story. But what if it ain't? What if in the off chance the shit ain't a story? Exactly. What do y'all plan with me? Right. What's going to be on my obituary? You said Candyman five times and this is what happened. I don't want to, no. Candyman was in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. But the people under the stairs were in the 80s. Yeah. That, so. was one of, that was one of the first movies that where I ever saw a black lead. Is that Stephen King, right? I think so. That's interesting, yeah. It's people in the, you know, I don't know, uh, in the 80s and 90s, Stephen King miniseries was like notorious for being like, having terrible endings. But people under the stairs is one that's like a... A, a classic among those because it was one that was like really it was loved. Wes Craven. It was Wes, okay. Oh, sorry, Wes Craven. Um, people, are, yeah. So I don't know why I got Stephen King on it. I don't know, but Craven like yeah, Wes Craven. Eerily similar, but not <laughs> yeah. so similar. Yeah. So like, um, but yeah, like you said, it was a black and it was a young male black lead, um, which was even more interesting and just the the idea like i like the clip that they showed in the movie where the lady came to the, you know the character came to the mm -hmm. door and she was about to say figure and the people in the street was like, like bitch i, I wish you would yes, I, that's exactly what she said <laughs> bitch we'll beat your ass <laughs> they was ready y'all they was a crowd they was ready they was ready for the run-up uh, she would have got out they was gonna jump her ass but yeah like they was about to do that man um, I don't know if y'all saw what happened in South Carolina earlier this year when we showed up 
in the summit. Oh yeah, showed up, showed out, and got his. They probably heard him. Got his ass up out of there because it wasn't finna be no games. I tell you, my daughter went to that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and I tell you, Brianna went to that. I don't know. March? No. Oh, so oh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that later. That was a very interesting day. Um, but yeah, just kind of like the idea of, I think in the 80s, though, we still were kind of like trying to find our space in the, the horror genre and characters and trying to figure out where they fit in and and how they, um, how to flesh them out. Um, so I think we kind of went through that in the 80s. A shout out to, was our guy with the, um, Friend of Night, uh, Nightmare on the Street, the black dude. I think he was. That was the eighties. That was the eighties. The but they were yeah. using the, It was almost like they were using the same black kid because he was in. He was in Nightmare on Elm Street. Too, yeah, right? yeah. No, not that one. The other one. The oh, one that the was from the Freddy. The one that was in the hospital with them. You know, the one that was like, let's kick this motherfucker. Like, you know, the chubby oh, one, okay. chubby chocolate. <laughs> I don't remember his name though. <laughs> I don't remember his name, but kudos to him. Shout out to him. But um, I think so. Like in the eighties, I'm trying to think of the other. Really like notable eighties. Um, I know they spoke about this. Was it the Serpent in the Rainbow? I don't know if that was the eighties or the early nineties. We'll find out. And Friday the Thirteenth was um, what's his name? Juana Man. What's his name? Uh, Miguel M- Munoz. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because he was on Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. So that was another face of representation. So we go through, I guess, the eighties. So then we come to, we come to the nineties. The nineties. Yeah. So Candyman. Yeah, so it's us talk about Candyman a little bit because we've seen, we both have seen the new one. And um, I think uh, one of the things in this documentary that they do, they have an interview where one of the people in it is Jordan Peele. And I think um, I've seen this before seeing Candyman, so I had an understanding of kind of like his perspective on the black experience Mm -hmm. in horror. Um, But after kind of seeing this documentary and kind of hearing it and, and seeing Candyman, did it change like the perspective you may have had about his vision of Candyman? And- it, it did. It really did. And it, it it kind of helped me to understand Candyman a little bit more. Right. Because I think even with me seeing Candyman, I didn't go back to watch it since I've been an adult. So I, I saw it when I was young. It, it That might sound crazy. As much as I love horror movies... Candyman is a good one, but it wasn't one of my favorites. It scared uh-huh. me half to death. So I, I'm still scared of Candyman to this day. And my kids like to say mm-hmm. Candyman up until the third or the fourth one. And then, Mm-mm. yeah, they do that a lot. We but plays those games. No, no, no. Exactly. Don't, don't play those games. Mm-mm. But um, he did really open my eyes and with his perspective of, of Candyman and what it means to him. And obviously it has such an impact on him that he he remade the movie right and I think um just kind of looking at how he told the story he kind of took basically the the vision of the original story and the way that it was kind of supposed to be told and wrapped it up all in one one movie um and I just personally like the idea of why can't we be the hero why can't we be the one that saves the day or the character that kind of takes out that revenge and justice where it really actually should be because one of the things they talked about in the documentary was the original Candyman. He terrorized was, us. He he did terrorize <laughs> us and you can obviously tell that it was through a white man's vision. You right. Know what I'm saying a, a white director or maybe they had writers or whatever, but there there probably weren't weren't a lot of black or African Americans involved in the making of 
that movie from the writer's room standpoint. Right. Just the idea of, you know... And casting. Yeah, casting and just the idea of kind of going back to some of those old uh, previous Hollywood stereotypes of the black man lusting after the white woman. Why was he terrorizing us? That made absolutely Right. We didn't do anything, but nothing. But yeah, we can't... We got the brunt of all his terror. Like, when literally... Like they said, across the street was the the white folks, the, white folks the people who did and, that to you, and the ancestors of the people, not the ancestors, but I right. guess the the what do you call it, the yeah. lineage, the ancestors of the, the people, people who that have tortured ter- him, right. killed him, cut his hand off. But yeah, here we go, niggas just minding their business and just here we go. Why are you killing us? <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> exactly, so kind of having that, um. Just kind of having the story retold and watching the new one. And I love the fact that now, you know, his lead, his opposite female lead was a black woman. Yes. She wasn't a white woman. Um, and just kind of like how the story was told and, you know, being that, that hero for, you know, the the injustice that had been done, you know, in the past. So I think it, it kind of sort of, it made it definitely made me see the, the story in a different light. And just the idea of, yo, we don't all have to die. Side note, because we got to, I don't know if this was, a, I'm pretty sure this was the 90s. Deep Blue Sea, LL Cool J. Yeah. One of the first was. black men in cinema to make it to the end. Yeah, he was. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I had to think about that for a second, yes. Also him, and if I'm not mistaken, we jump a little bit in, in to the 2000s, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot. Trey Songz makes it to the end. He did make it he to the end. He did make it to the end. I remember seeing that and being like, all right, nigga, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's right. Make it to the end. One in a million. Right. It's literally. About one time. In about time. Yeah, so, I mean, Candyman was like, I think, you know, huge um, impact culturally for the 90s. Um, but another one that, of course, everybody knows, the Nigglets. Oh. Um, <laughs> tell Tales from the Tales from the Hood. That was one. That was one of my favorite movies. Yes, Tales from the Hood. Um, and that's that's always such a classic to me. Like that that scene of just those um little nigglet dolls, nigglets, right? And they jump off and they got his ass and just. But it also, I think, and they talked, they touched on this too in a documentary about it's one of the first ones I remember being done as an anthology. Actually, it's like one of the very first horror movies I remember I recall that was done as an anthology type style because mm-hmm. um, we watched a lot of Twilight Zone and stuff like that Tales but, from the Crypt right, yeah. Tales from the Crypt but they were all TV shows like movie wise I think this might and be the Twilight Zone too that was, that, was, yeah. that was TV too but this yeah. was the first yeah like just um, from what I can really remember like done in that style and I love I like the anthology style horror I do too um, movies and I think, I think they're short, easy to follow, and you kind of get it done and out of the way and move on to something that keeps you, you know, keeps the interest. And so, yeah, definitely Tales from the Hood is definitely a hood classic. I think that's one mm-hmm. we can all definitely say for sure. Um, and it had its sequels, um, and that kept it going. So I don't know if I've ever, I've seen this, I think I've seen the second one from that. I haven't seen the second one. I love the first one so much that mm-hmm. I can't. Go see the second. I think I think like I remember seeing the second one. It was, it was it was pretty good. It was it was pretty decent. Um, and then they talked about some of the other movies. I think they touched on uh, Death by Temptation, which I I remember Death by Temptation. That was the early nineties with Kadeem Hardison. I think in the movie he turns. Does he turn into a? He turned into something. I think. But they talked about you know kind of like visiting like the morality of good and evil. Um, and I can see that. Black culture. Yeah, that that was early nineties. That was like ninety one. That was early. I remember that one. 
when they touched on that. So just kind of like going through that. And I think now we're, I guess, starting to see more uh, depictions of more fleshed out characters and in terms of like black horror. And they also touched on something, though, um, about black, you know, going back to black women and the depiction of, of voodoo. Right, right, right. Um, black, and I think that was with Ghost. Yeah. Ghost wasn't necessarily a horror film, but you know, Whoopi Goldberg playing a, a a black woman being casted as a you know she was a, what was she a psychic? Yeah, she was the she medium. Was a, she was, yeah. yeah, that went between there and Molly. You in danger, girl? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. That, remember she had this, that was like the first time I think we seen Whoopi with straight hair. Yes, that with was, that blowout. And she was pretty too. I loved her with straight mm-hmm. hair. With that blowout going on, it was like fluttering and shaking. All right, we'll be able to do it. Um, and I think they t- they also talked about Eve's Bayou. Yes. And that was also another voodoo type movie. And um, I know that, you know, just talking about from the angle of it always being used for evil. Evil. And and kind of the depiction of how we've always seen voodoo. But, you know, if you've kind of read up a little bit and and took a course or two or whatever, you know, voodoo wasn't used just solely for the purpose of evil and witchcraft and spells. It was used for healing, too. Right, right. Um... So, yeah, that was something, um, I thought that was an interesting perspective that they talked about um, as well. So, you know, like I said, we're kind of getting into that point where we're getting a little more fleshed out and we get towards the end of the 90s. But I know you wanted to, and I can't remember when this came out, so that's when we're kind of jumping in, into this now. You talked about um, Scream. Scream. <laughs> we're getting into the 2000s. Yeah, so let's go ahead and jump into the, the 2000s. So now we're definitely kind of making our our impact and you know just the way that we're being seen in, in movies and now we have more characters but I wanted you to get that off about about Scream Listen, I, I really I have to vent <laughs> because y'all I love Scream I did even though Scream 1 and 2 I don't I don't remember seeing any black characters in 1 and 2 mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. So when three came out and they played the trailer and I saw Omar Epps and I saw Jada Pinkett Smith, I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, we, we have two. And I feel like they cheated me because I went and bought, I paid my eight seventy five, not including the popcorn and the drink, <laughs> sat my ass down in the theater only to see them live literally about 11 and 59 minutes Flat into the credit. That nothing makes it to the credits. It did not make. That was a pre-credit scene. After Jada got stabbed in the movie theater, and they thought it was a part. Yeah, yeah, they, they were clapping shit like yeah. And then that's when the opening sequence came. Then the, yeah. You saw the slash come down and said "screen." But Jada did get redeemed in one of the Dust Till Dawns because she's right. the hero, right? And she she did she did make it to the end. Yeah, she was like the hero. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, they played you. Sorry, they got you played. They played, played you hard. Me. They played me real hard. Um, yeah. And I think did. the 2000s was really. I remember a lot of horror movies coming out during that time, but I do need to touch on scary movie because mm-hmm. scary movie at that time, like I was telling you earlier, off off camera or off, you know, when we were still discussing the the um documentary, they kind of shed light on a lot of um stereotypical stereotypical mm-hmm. things with black people and you know how we would die within the first yeah. five to ten minutes or even the types of food we like to eat or whatever what yeah. was the one movie where um 
what's her name? Is it Regina Hall? Mm-hmm. And she's in the movie theater and she's talking loud and that's a, that's some scary movie. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, yeah, I think those movies in particular. I, you said that I was gonna kind of touch on. I think what they did was they ushered in a satire of using you know black uh hor- of black horror and kind of like all those things and I think that's one of the things that the Wayne brothers have always been really really great at is kind of looking at black culture from you know and kind of using all those things mm-hmm. that are stereotypical and, and that satire but still kind of bringing a little bit of, of, of truth to it because it, it was true it was true and all those things that she yelling in the movie theater and hollering you know it was all stuff that we stereotypically hear that black people do in the movie theater so like just the idea of like i guess that goes to like kind of fleshing out some of those characters and kind of having those storylines um but one movie that they did talk about, and I, I made note of this because I've watched this, and I, I was actually mad it took me this long to watch this movie, was uh, Attack the Block. Now, Attack the Block really isn't a horror. It's more in like the sci-fi horror genre, but y'all, that and movie And that's probably is why so I didn't good. see it because I'm not a big sci-fi. I am. I love it. Like, I love it. I love all of it. I feel it. so bad because I haven't seen a lot of these things. Yeah, so. Attack the Block is really good. It stars a young John Boyega, but... Uh, as you said, young Denzel look like look like back then, but Y'all, that movie Denzel is great. Got, he had a baby in London. Shade. <laughs> like, go, go Google him. Yeah, he definitely um, he definitely showed up in this this film, and he was young, but um, it was kind of like the 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 uh, story of like these youths coming to save their apartment building, and how he did over the course of the movie, he becomes the leader of these these young guys and. You know, ultimately the hero, and they talked about how, you know, they're shining his name at the end of the movie. He's kind of looking. So it kind of, like, definitely ushered in, like, that idea that, you know, as a young black male, you can be strong. You can be fearless. You can be the hero. I I personally say, if you got young black boys, and you kind of, like, are into, are into, like, that genre of sci-fi and things like that, let them watch that movie. Because that's it's just a good movie. Okay. I need to watch that one, too. I'm going to add that one to my list. Attack the Block. I I, I definitely recommend. That's on my recommendations. Um, I, but, mm-hmm. I, I do want to talk about, before you move on, how at the beginning, in the 1930s, how we were talking about Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. We do know that they did remake Birth of a Nation, but... Um, and the, that was more of like a, a slavery mm-hmm. type movie. Mm-hmm. So I think in the in the early two thousands we started to see a lot more black rebellion with just a lot of these movies where blacks were the hero, right? And they were kind of taking charge and beating the, the, the white slave masters and all kinds of stuff like that. It's not horror, mm-hmm. but it's almost like. Um, a redemption at some at, of some sort. Yeah, I guess going back to kind of retell those stories probably more accurately. Yeah, and correctly, the way they actually went. Um, and kind of giving those characters, I guess, kind of like when you think about Candyman, kind of like coming back and giving that redemption type of story to kind of writing those historic wrongs. Um, to where we were villainized, you know, seeing, you know, like we talked about that being like almost like a, a, a horror movie right. in a sense in the way we were depicted and coming back and giving those actual real more ac- historically accurate depictions of what actually happened so um, yeah I think that's a, a, a good point point. and because we fought back doesn't necessarily make us a villain right. we were fighting for our lives right um, 
And I think it's just kind of like important to go back and and do that because you do have so much history and narratives built around the lies uh, and, and the bullshit that comes with that. So, um, yeah, they talk. You know, they talk about that in in the movie and in the documentary. Excuse me, and just kind of like I personally just am really as a fan of, of the genre of you know horror and sci-fi. I just like seeing these movies now with people that look like me where heroes and characters I love it. look like I'm somebody I can relate to yeah and we don't die we have powers we are able to survive the night we kick ass you know and we're not doing it just to save you know our white our white friends, friends. not being because the token black right right um and of course you know um another one they talk about um, I know you see you hadn't seen it, but I think it's really good. Just, I just want to recommend it. Girl with All the Gifts. Um, stars a young uh, black actress. She's really good in it. If you haven't seen that, I think it's a British um, movie. It's kind of based on like a zombie apocalypse style, but it's really good. Girl, you um, might have my husband mad. He, <laughs> I, I got a whole list over here of movies that I have to watch. Well, you still got a whole other week of October, Halloween Ready. That's what it's for. So... They, yeah, tell them to get ready. But yeah, we, so, you know, we get to, of course, you know, more of the modern 2000s and we, they talk about Get Out um, and just kind of the impact that movie had, you know, kind of reintroducing that genre of, you know, black horror with the all black cast and just kind of, like I said, see, you know, not all black cast, excuse me, but like just kind of like how the, the black guy is not the villain. Absolutely. I feel like Jordan Peele was like one of the best things that could have happened for horror. Yes, films. hands down. I agree. Um, just the way the stories are told, and I know some people have issues with like black, you know, and I do think there is a line between telling the stories where you're using black trauma to recreate horror. It's kind of why I haven't watched the one that's on, uh, the one of them that's out now. Them, I just can't do it. Um, but in the flip side, I think one that did that really well, but still made us to be like the hero and kick ass was Lovecraft Country. If you haven't watched it on HBO. I think, uh, I tried. I made it, I made it like 30 minutes into the first okay. episode and then, yeah. Lovecraft Country, it's I will admit. for me, guys. No, 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 I promise you, like, the, the I could, okay, so the, I would say the first episode, it does start off a little slow. But you get about to the last 20 minutes, and then the shit just... I take that back. I hit the see fan. where they were, like, unzipping themselves from bodies, and... What episode was that? That was probably the episode with, um... Hippolyta, when okay. she starts. I think it's every episode, I think, in the the show kind of touches on a different subgenre of horror. Like, hers, in particular, I think it's more about the body dysmorphia and the gore, I think... Not Hippolytus, excuse me. Um, the the Hippolytus is more like the sci-fi. Okay. Um, but the uh, uh the sister, I can't think of her name at the moment, but she's a good actor. She's got some other movies too on Netflix. She may be African or British, but like yeah, that her her whole trope was about the body, just you know, just morphia and the gore and that part of it. But I I say revisit it. I I, I will. You got uh, I'll revisit Michael it. Michael. Okay, well, yeah, he was, that's the only reason why I will revisit um, it. He was really he was good in it. Actors. Yeah, um, and it kind of explores that thing of like, you know, and it, it explores a lot of different elements of black culture during that time and things that were taboo. It touches a lot on sexuality with him, struggling through that through the series. Um, 
and just talking about even, you know, just the struggle of wanting to be accepted in a white world as a dark-skinned black woman and, you know, kind of all those things that living and trying to move into a white neighborhood and them fucking with you and you finally got to be like, you're going to stop fucking with me. So just... <laughs> Did you watch them? No, that's the I one I haven't know. watched. I that's like, the one that you said you can't yeah, watch. Yeah, I don't think I can do that one. I think I don't think I can do that one. Um, Was Jordan Peele behind that one? I don't think so. I don't know. I see how they try to kind of like yeah. make it look like Them us. They. they try to make it look like <laughs> us a little bit. Yeah. And um. that's why I, I thought it was him because the way that it was kind of advertised was mm-hmm. almost like it was something that he was behind. Yeah, I think he's, I think one of the things you definitely gotta give Jordan Peele credit for is ushering in a new style um, of movie storytelling from the perspective, I think. And actually, um, kind of to go back to the documentary, they actually talked about one of the directors, um, I don't want to get his name wrong, I don't want to look back, but they talked about um, a movie in particular from the 70s where you start looking, you start seeing that style of story being told um, a little differently. You kind of have a more of a stylistic, artistic uh, view. Bill Gunn, that was the name. Um, kind of like the the way that he told the story. He had a movie called Ganja and Hess. I haven't seen it. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. But it was they, they talked about that movie quite a bit and just the way that he kind of used blood as a symbolism for, I think, the his obsession. Obsession, yeah. Yeah. He was saying how um, blood, it was the blood of ancestors. Yeah, it was uh, something to that effect. And But they talked a lot about the style in which he wrote and it kind of like it was artistic, how the characters were very developed and the storyline was a lot for people to take, you know, that were used to us. They were classic. Like, like, yeah. like people were... We're actually humans, yeah. And, and so, but but Hollywood didn't like that. They, Not at all. They wanted us to go back to chucking and driving, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just yeah, you know, being stupid tropes and man missing, you know, this the sidekick, the comic relief. So, um, I think we're now in a, a point where we're getting past that. I think in the movies, slowly but surely, and I'm looking really forward to seeing how. That's going to continue to evolve when, like I said, with people coming up and, and the stories that are being told and us kind of just demanding to see more of that. So. And um, Jordan Peele right now seems to be leading the pack with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he did say that his movies are, although he, he champions and he encourages all races to go watch his movies, he makes them for black people. Right. And, and I he love said that. that unapologetically. And I love that. And he says... Uh, Black people will always be the heroes in his movies. Right. And he also said, if you, you know, there there are more stories for black people. We just have to make them. Right. And he's right. Like, we, we have to to make them, you know, and, and put them out there and let us know that, we, you know, we're not monolithic. And, and, you know, we don't have just a certain limited range on screen. So, I, I love to see it. I was, you know, as we kind of like got, like I said, more into these more recent years, just kind of seeing that variety and seeing us and horror and sci-fi and, and all those things and just being badass, you know, just... Because I, I would say this, like, as just, uh, like I said, we grew up, I grew up watching this stuff. So my mom, Saturday nights, we watched sci-fi and horror. TNT used to carry, like, Godzilla. So I, that's what I grew up, so I love it. So... You know, kind of just in talking about it and finding just other black people in general who 
are, you know, into horror and sci-fi. And I think these movies help, you know, bring those people out. And, you know, you find that you have more fans of it than I think, you know, previously. So it's like right. finding your tribe. I have a question for you, though. <laughs> I do have a question. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we touch a lot on talking about Jordan Peele. I think that he did an excellent job. He did say that um, us, the ending was inspired by Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending when uh, the the guy makes it all the way to the end. Everybody's dead, but he's walking out. Mm-hmm. And the cavalry comes. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the character in us, his name was Chris, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was his name. I could be wrong, but when he sees the flashing lights... It's almost like you can see the horror on his face because he's not sure all these white people are dead, but then it's his, it's his friend, right? Who who happens to be you know airport security, right? To come save him, so he didn't die in the end, and that was kind of like the twist on that movie. But my question to you is, Jordan Peele has always been one to push the envelope and not be afraid to to do um, certain things, even with the show that he had with Key, uh, Key and Peele. Do you do you think that um, Black Hollywood or even directors may be afraid to make those types of movies? Because Jordan doesn't seem to be afraid or uh, or apologetic about them. Honestly, I think it's not a fear. I think it's a profit thing. I think that you know there's a lot still that people just didn't probably think was profitable, and I and we know that you know movie industry is about money. And if you don't see it as profitable, I mean, because think about it, like... And it also depends on investors, too. Yeah. Um, But I still think that a lot of it just boils down to, I think they're just, just starting to realize that we come out. We show up. We want to see us on the screen. We want to see us in movies that represent us in ways. Yeah. We come out. We show up. I don't know. So I think, and I, but but I think in particular with just the the horror and the sci-fi drama, I think that's one that we've kind of not really touched on touched a lot. On. So I think with what he's done is he's kind of opened this door to say yes, we also watch these type of movies, and yes, we show up to see them and, and we support need to be them, and we need to be represented in all formats. So um, I think it's something they shied away from. I think more so profit for a long time for a long time just when they thought it was profitable but i think now they're starting to see it is profitable um and it will make so we'll probably see a lot more of those yeah i just want to make you know hopefully make sure they keep it quality you know and keeping that quality and, and still making sure to keep it at a, not a level that's pandering you know still stay you know stay true to what you know you want to see which is niggas on screen like, Absolutely. In all in all arenas. So yeah. So um I think that's pretty much is there anything else you wanna take away or final thoughts or anything about this documentary or, or anything in particular? No, about this I think we covered it. I mean yeah. we did such a good job that they might not want to watch it, but I think you should still watch it. I think you should still watch it. I think it's a really great history lesson, so I think you should still watch it and and um just appreciate what it is. And if you're not a fan of horror or anything like that, like Tori said in the beginning, you don't have to be. I think it's just a great history lesson if you're a fan of, of movies in general. Um, especially movies that of people that look like us. Right. So um yeah, so and just about black culture, period, and how far right. we've come. 
So yeah, so once again, it's on Amazon Prime. It is called Horror Noir, which is Film Noir, which is what N O I R E. You got it. Ooh, look at me, spelling bee champ. You I was actually way, girl. I was actually state capital champ, uh, capital champ in fifth grade at school. I beat this guy, and he was so surprised. It was like I was like, <laughs> you didn't think I was gonna know, but I knew. <laughs> um, so yeah, so check it out. Like I said, um. You know, leave us a drop us a little comment or two if you want. If you check it out and give us your perspectives or opinions on it, and any of that you know that you took away from it, or something that you think that we may have omitted from the conversation that you wanted to shed light on. So, um, and if you like these types of shows, we can do more of these. Um, yes, we do also plan on, you know, discussing movies that were books mm-hmm. or. Or books that were turned into movies. I'm sorry, I said that kind of bad. Right, yeah. So we um definitely do plan to, you know, like I said, we want to do some things and talk about some things from different medium perspectives. Like I said, we're definitely going to delve into that because I think we got some that we really want to talk about. Um, we're yes. also going to talk about, you know, I personally like to talk about some of the movies just in black culture and from a standpoint of um, relationships and how they've been depicted. <coughs> Love Jones. Um... <laughs> So we're definitely going to get into to, to all that so in future episodes. So um, thank you guys for sticking around with us. Thank you, thank you. We'll give you back the rest of your life and your time. So until next time, I am Mishi. You can check me out on Instagram if you want to find me, uh, Mishi579. At G, uh, oh, bless the Lord, at G, no, don't, at that, Gmail. no, don't say that. Uh, on Instagram, uh, make sure you she check out the uh, Because Black Instagram page. Uh, make sure you definitely check out the Awkward Minority um, podcast page. So, Toya, do you have any parting or final words? And I am Latoya, and my IG handle is Toy T O I underscore Renee R E N E E. And you can find me there if you want to, you know, just chat or you know, <laughs> like some pictures. Hit her up. That's yeah. what she's saying. So And everything Michelle said. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so until next time, you guys, like I said, look for us in, we're definitely going to come in November um, with Queenie. So Are we coming in November? I think so. Okay. I think so. Um, w- yeah, I think so. <laughs> but we're definitely going to um, be here for November, so check out the book. Make sure you get it, um, Queenie. And I think that's it. So, you guys, until next time, we will be talking to you later. Peace. Bye.